about you guys, but I'm really excited about everything that's going on in our church recently, right? Right? It's been, it's been really good, and we're super pumped, and we're going to watch God do amazing things um, in our church, but especially, especially in youth. If you are paying attention any at all during the revival, um, that was definitely a clear message that we got from the Lord is that God's going to do some major things in Aspire and really going to light a revival through us and through our state, and it's going to be amazing. So we're excited, and we're on this series right now talking about the secret place. Um, if you were here the first week, Pastor Sai came up with like a giant key, right? And he was talking about how you get in the secret place and God can unlock doors that no man could open, right? Um, and that's, that's the secret behind getting in the secret place is that God can do things that nobody else can do. And so uh, we're continuing on with a secret place uh, tonight and I'm super excited for it. Have you guys ever done something that you like worked really hard on and then in the end it was like, completely useless like when you were little have you ever built like a lego tower and it's like super awesome or something and then before you're like mom mom come see and like right before your sibling just like right or like kicks it over or one time heartbreakingly I actually wrote this research paper and it was on time and everything and then I forgot to print it out and bring it with me to school so it was like still late or I never had to ride the bus, thank God, because I hear the bus is awful. Is, this, is the school bus awful? I've heard that. I've, it's worse than school. <laughs> He's like, somehow it's worse than going to school. Um, but if you've ever, like, been, like, trying to make it to the bus just to, like, see it go, right? Like, that sucks super hard to work on something so hard and then it be all for nothing. Um, but that's what happens in Matthew 25. So if you guys want to turn with me excuse me, to Matthew, 20, <laughs> to Matthew 25. We're going to read this story. Now, I'm going to give you some background because it's important. All the letters are in red, and if you know anything about the Bible, you should know that the letters that are in red is what Jesus said, right? So, this is Jesus talking here, and he's telling people about the end of times, right? The end of days, right before Jesus comes back. And he's talking about it, and he's like, so right before I come back, it's going to be like the days of Noah, right? And then he's like, and it's going to be like the days of Lot, which this is just some foresight or insight. Um, the days of Lot and the days of Noah were a lot like today, a lot like today. Homosexuality was really celebrated, and there was a lot of craziness going on. Um, in the world, lots of people drinking, lots of people doing crazy things. Um, and so them saying, him saying that, that the times are going to be like the days of Noah and the, like the days of Lot, like that's today, that's today, right? Like that's what Jesus is talking about. And so he goes on and he tells four, four different stories about um, random parables about people and all of them, all of them are about people who miss it. So this is one of them. This is the second one. The parable of the ten bridesmaids. It says, then the, kingdom, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take extra oil. 
When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were aroused by a shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. And while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. And later, the other five bridesmaids returned, and they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I do not know you. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day or hour of my return. And so this story is about... Ten bridesmaids, right? And they all have oil and their lamps are burning at first. Um, but then they get to the place where the bride or the groom finally is there, right? And it was all for nothing for five of them, right? Five of them, though they had a flame at one time, it ended up being all for nothing because they were out of oil. And I've heard this story read quite a few times. And Usually the pastor, the speaker, whoever it is, is like, see, so you just need to like carry the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. But I was reading this verse and the Holy Spirit just like knocked me upside of the head with this verse and was like, the oil isn't the Holy Spirit. The oil is what you give the Holy Spirit to burn. The oil isn't the Holy Spirit. The oil is what you give the Holy Spirit to burn. You see, because the Holy Spirit is a fire, right? The Bible calls him the Holy Spirit and fire, right? He quite literally is the flame. But it's what you, it's, it's not your job to provide the fire. It's your job to provide the oil, right? In the story, the, bride, the bridesmaids, they didn't need a spark. They didn't need a flame. They could have even shared the flame, right? It wasn't the flame that they were missing. It was the oil that they didn't have. It was what they hadn't poured out that they didn't have. How many of you guys drive? Anybody drive? Okay, so I drive mo mostly well, kind of, for the people who've ridden. <laughs> he's like shaking your head no. But if you've driven any length of time, um, you know that there are two types of drivers, okay? There's drivers like my husband, who's very studious, okay? And it's like he has a sixth sense when it comes to gas. He's like, your gas is almost empty, right? And he like just like knows and he fills it up for me. And so maybe it's just that I'm a princess. I don't know, but it's like I barely look at it. If I'm honest, it's like I really do. I barely look at the gas gauge. Like every once in a while I'll be like, oh, Oh, it's on empty. And even then, like, sometimes, when I, this is embarrassing, but it's true. Even then, like, sometimes when I see it on E, I'm like, yeah, but it's, like, on this part of the E. It's not, like, right? See? So it's, like, it's not just me. But I, that's kind of how I live my life. So it's, like, there's those who are responsible, and then there's those who, like me, I just like to live life on the edge a little. You know, it's like life is an adventure, I guess. But it's when you are that kind of driver, and if you have been, maybe you've been like me, and you have legitimately ran out of gas before, because it's happened to me like several times. Um, but, you know, when that does happen, 
I've never thought to myself, mm, I think my car is broken, right? Like, mm, maybe the, there's something wrong with the ignition, right? Like, I've never once thought that because it's plain and simple, right? I haven't given the car anything to burn. And that is exactly what's happened in, with God and the Holy Spirit in the state of this nation. There are churches, and I'm not talking about this church, but, like, there are churches and the church globally that they're like, oh, the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything anymore. Miracles are for back then, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't move in power like he used to before. No, 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 no. It's not that the Holy Spirit's broken, right? It's not that the Holy Spirit's not here anymore. It's that we haven't given him anything to burn, we haven't given him anything to burn. And that's what we're talking about in this Secret Place um, series is that the secret place is where the oil is poured out. The secret place is where the oil is poured out. Just like these bridemaids, right? Like they needed oil where? Way back when, way back when they were at their house, right? They needed to pour out oil in the secret place so that they would have something to burn in the streets, right? And so the Holy Spirit isn't broken. He isn't, it's not that he doesn't move in power anymore. It's that uh, we need to give him something to burn, and so we're not going to be those people, amen? We're not going to be people who settle for stuff like that. Jesus says, even in the, he says, in the end times, there will be people who have a form of godliness, but deny the power that would make them godly. And that's quoted so much, people are like, oh, make them the power that would make them godly. That means the power that would make them godlike. That's what that means, like a god, like a god. What does that mean? Power, actual power, power to heal the sick, right? Power to, to perform miracles, power to have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tell people things about their lives. They'll be like, oh my gosh, right? Like, just like when Jesus met the woman at the well, he knew exactly stuff about her life. And because he told her stuff about her life, it opened the entire city to him so that people would know Jesus. That we need actual power and and. To, to live actually on fire for the Lord. But what it's going to take is to pour out oil in the secret place. And even verse 9, it says, verse 9, it says, Go and buy some for yourselves. Go and buy some for yourselves. And I think this is where we get it twisted in the church realm. Because students, just like the revival that we were at before, it's like God lights a fire in you and you're like, oh my gosh, I could just like plunder hell right now, right? Like you, you get on fire for the Lord or camp, right? You, you hear a speaker at camp and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just like burning so hard for the Lord. And then it's like weeks later and you're like, hmm, what happened, right? It's like, seems like that was all for nothing, Seems like that was all for nothing. But it wasn't. The, the, what happened was you didn't give the Holy Spirit enough oil to burn. That's what happened. And so, you know, as a church right now, we're pushing really hard. We're, you know, pre-service prayer, Friday night, Friday night all prayer, right, all night prayer. We're pushing hard. Why? Because it's going to take an oil pouring out in the secret place in order to, to burn for the Lord. And verse 9 says, go and buy some for yourselves. That's the point. You might think like, oh, wow, that was, that was really harsh that like the five, they didn't give the other five oil. It's because no one can get in the secret place for you. No one can get in the secret place for you. Oil isn't transferable. It doesn't work like that. And that's why people 
you know, people who catch a fire at camp or catch a fire at revival, you're like, mm, maybe I just needed to listen to more preaching. Maybe I just needed to go more, to more revival services. Maybe I just needed to go back to camp, right? You don't need to be around someone with fire. That's not the problem. The problem isn't the fact that you need to keep being sparked and sparked and sparked and sparked. The problem is, is that you need to get alone in the secret place. I'm talking about early in the morning. I'm talking about when you have time free in the middle of the day. I'm talking about Friday. Friday night at prayer, you, you yourself being like, I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to get in a room, close the door with Jesus, and pour oil out so that when the Holy Spirit does come, when I do encounter somebody with fire, I have something for the Holy Spirit to consume, something for the Holy Spirit to consume. And so that's what it's saying is that quite literally they couldn't share oil because you have to buy oil for yourself. You know, I was telling you in the very beginning that Jesus, when he starts talking about all this end time stuff, that he tells four different stories about people. And each one of them ends with an overarching theme, just like, don't be lazy. That's the overarching theme, don't be lazy. Have you ever, like, your mom leaves you for an errand, or, like, I don't know if they still use that terminology. Your mom leaves you home <laughs> and, like, runs to Walmart, right? And I'm from the era, at least, where, like, your mom used to write you a note. Is anybody mom's, you know what I'm talking about? It's, like, got a list of, like, things to do. And it's, like, wash the dishes. Don't forget to do your homework, right? Or, like, please set out the chicken out of the freezer. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? So, like, your mom writes you all these things. And every time, it probably has different list on there, right? Different things they want you to do. But the overarching theme is like, don't be lazy while I'm gone, right? Like, get to work, get to work. And Jesus, all four of those stories, all four of them end in don't be lazy. The first one is talking about a master, and the master tells the servant a bunch of stuff to do, and he says, eh, I've got time. I've got time. He starts drinking and partying. The master comes back. Nothing is done. Nothing is done, and he misses it. He was lazy, right? And then the second parable is this one. The second parable is the, the five bridesmaids, they, don't, they neglect to buy oil, right? They decide, eh, it's not that important, eh, whatever, right? Like, don't put in the work, lazy, miss it, right? And then the third one, maybe you've heard this one before because everybody tells the story, but the, the parable of the talents, you guys know that one? And the, the very last guy, he's like, well, it's not that I didn't want to, like, use my talent and, like, go out and, like, buy things and, like, make investments and whatever. It's not that I'm, like, lazy. It's just, like, I was afraid. But what does God call him? What does the master call him? Wicked and lazy, right? And then the fourth one's the same thing. It's about honoring the Lord. And it's like, you know, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me. And then it's like the other people, what do they do? Not feed him, not clothe him. Every single one ends in the fact that they were lazy. And so it says this, this verse here, go and buy some for yourselves. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Oil will cost you. And that's the thing is like, Sometimes people are like, mm, all night pray praying till midnight, that's like a long time. But it's going to cost you. And what, what it costs you is worth it, right? What, what is it, right? That's what the Bible says. Like, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Same thing. It's like, what does it matter if you had a spark to begin with? What does it matter if you had a flame to begin with? If in the end, it, it mattered for nothing, right? In the end, it mattered for nothing, 
And so every single one of them is about, is about that, is about being lazy. And you have to purchase it yourself. It's going to cost you something, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of just living a regular life, right? I'm tired of pretty little services at the end where we're like, God bless you, the end, right? Like, I'm tired of that. What I want is fire. What I want is what we had during revival, right? What I want is real. I want oil and I want to burn for real. I want my life to matter at the end, right? There's this verse um, 1 Corinthians, if you guys want to pull that up, 1 Corinthians 3.12. 1 Corinthians 3.12. Maybe. I was late on telling them the verses, so that if they didn't have it up, it's on me. Don't blame anybody back there. Okay, they did it. Great job, guys. Great job. Okay, this is 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, and we're going to start in verse 12. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of metals, or I'm sorry, materials. Let me switch versions because I like this one better. Using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. Their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, talking about when Jesus comes back, judgment day, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will, will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Even though only as one escaping through the flames. So it's talking about the day, the judgment day for a believer. God judges everybody and everything that they do. Now, if you're a believer and you believe in Jesus, Jesus has taken all those things, right? And so there's nothing to be judged, but there's your works, and that's what it's talking about here. And it's saying your works, imagine it. It's like in a big pile, right? And they catch it on fire, right? And whatever is there at the end is like the things that you have accomplished for Jesus. The, the, it's whether or not you've ran your race and done well, right? That's what's in the pile. And so they catch it on fire, and it says, if everything burns up, the builder suffers loss, but at least he's, like, survived, right? But just, like, barely through the flames, he's made it into heaven. And I've read that verse before, and I'm like, phew, phew, right? Well, at least I, like, made it, right? And that's, that's the way you can think is, like, okay, Lord, well, like, I might not have done a whole lot of things for you, but at least I'm up here in heaven, you don't understand. You don't understand. You're going to stand before Jesus, the one who, who gave everything for you, the one who changed your life. Think about all the things that Jesus has done for you so far, all the, all the things that he's changed for you, the miracles that have happened in some of your guys' life, the healing, the things that have taken place. You're going to stand before that one who's so worthy to, to receive all the praise, all the things and have nothing to lay at his feet, God forbid, right? God forbid. When I had that thought, I thought, that, that's not going to be me. And that's what, I'm that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about if you want to be a person who bears much fruit, 
right? If you want to be a person who has lots of things to lay at Jesus' feet at the end, you're going to have to be a person who abides, right? The Bible says if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you'll bear much fruit. And that's what it means. When you get in the secret place, when you get in the secret place and pour out your oil and you say, God, here's my time. Here's my time in the morning. I know it's 5.30 freaking a.m. Like I got up this morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's dark out here, right? I know it's 5.30, but here I am. I know I've been up all night with my baby, but here I am. Here's my oil, right? I know that I've got school tomorrow morning, but here I am at midnight. Here's my oil. God, I know I could be anywhere on a Friday night, but here's my oil. I'm going to pour it out at your feet. I'm going to give you something to consume. I'm going to give the Holy Spirit something to consume because I want to burn and I want to burn for real, right? I want to burn and I want to burn for real. You know, that's exactly, and when this hit me, I thought, oh, sweet Jesus, that's amazing. That's exactly what happens in the upper room. That's exactly what happened in the upper room. Jesus ascended into heaven. And you guys know, like, in children's church, it's so cute. It's like, they tell you, like, a balloon. You know what I'm talking about? Like, a balloon goes up into the sky. That's, like, how Jesus, and that's such a funny thought. Because you can see a balloon for a long time. So, like, that's just, like, so awkward, like. And that's probably what they were doing. Like, that's how they missed the angels because they were just, like, watching the balloon float. Anyway, it's just a funny thought. But so then they watch, like, Jesus ascend. But right before that, Jesus is like, listen, what you need to do is you need to go and wait. You need to go and pray, right, and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And so they go and they pray, but he doesn't tell them how long, right? <laughs> wait for how long? Like, till when? And so they get in this upper room, and, you know, maybe part of it was, like, they were up there because they were scared, right? They just killed their best friend for doing all the stuff they did, and they did it with him, right? And so maybe they were scared. I don't know. But they're up in that room, and they're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying. And the whole time, hour after hour, day after day, pouring out oil. That's what they were doing, pouring out oil in the secret place. And who knows, like, when you think about what they could have been saying, like, you know, Mark, uh, say, like, Mark's talking to John. He's like, listen, like, I know he said, wait, but, like, for how long? We've been up here for, like, a week now. Like, a week straight, we've just, like, been up here, like, praying, pacing. Like, for how long are we supposed to just wait here? And, like, what's going to happen? Like, they didn't know what was going to happen, right? Like, we've read the book of Acts, but they didn't. So they're just like, what? how much tenacity did that take? How much, like, no, 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 God said to wait, and so I'm going to pour my oil out until something happens, right? And that's what it's going to take for us. How, how many Friday night prayers? How... How many days is it going to take for me to be up early? How many nights is it going to take for me to be up in the middle of the night? How much, how much do I have to pour out more and more and more and more? And you know what they did? Hour after hour, day after day, that's what they were doing, at, that's what they were doing up there. Pouring out oil, pouring out something for the Holy Spirit to consume. And you know what happened? Wind came and fire came, and it lit them on fire. It lit them on fire. Why? Because day after day, poured out oil, poured out oil, poured out oil. And when the Holy Spirit came, it lit them on fire. And when it lit them on fire, it moved them. It moved them. 
And that's what we're talking about. If we're talking about revival breaking out, we're talking about actually doing something for the Lord, a life actually burning for the Lord, Are us seeing our schools, metaphorically for YouTube, lit on fire, right? Us seeing our schools lit on fire, us seeing our friends come to know the Lord, some of our, our family that doesn't know the Lord, us seeing miracles, us seeing actual power from the Holy Spirit, that's what we want to see. It's going to take a tenacity, and it's going to take a pouring out of, of our oil. A pouring out of our oil. I don't know about you guys, but I want to burn, and I want to burn for real. I want to burn for real. Jesus is coming. He's coming. And that, that, that's, what, that's what happens in the, in the parable, right? Jesus is coming. And, and people, the, the people in the story, they fall asleep, Right? They fall asleep, and they didn't realize how important it was to have oil. They didn't realize how important it was to be pouring it out the whole time. It's not going to be us. It's not going to be us. We're going to be people who pour out our oil so hard, so strong. Listen, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. God took one person all the time and lit whole nations ablaze. Daniel was one person praying in his room and changed a nation. David was one, one boy who decided he was going to be on fire for God for real. He wasn't just going to be like, yeah, our God's metaphorically powerful. No, our God's actually powerful, and he beat the giant right? That's what it's going to take is people just like that. Who cares what big church is doing? Who cares what parents are doing? Who cares what anybody else? Who cares what your friend, if your friend's coming to Friday night prayer or not? I'm going to be the kind of person who does that, who gets in my room, who pours out my oil so the Holy Spirit can light me ablaze. Amen? Amen. And so I, tonight, that's what we're going to pray about. Tonight, we're going to, we're going to get serious with the Lord. And say, God, I'm, t I'm tired. I'm tired of living my life the way that it is. I'm tired of church the way that it is, youth the way that it is. I'm tired of it. What I want is it to actually burn for you, to pour out oil and actually burn for you. So tonight, we're going to pray about that. I've got um, these little tiny things of oil um, just as a way to remind you. I want you to keep it. I want you to hold on to it. Keep it in your pocket. Keep it in your hand all the time. Remind yourself. I'm going to be a person that constantly pours out my oil. God, here's my time. God, here's my thought life. Here's my early morning. Here's my late at night. Here's my Friday nights when I could be at a movie doing whatever pointless thing. I'm going to pour out my oil for you.